So guess who's here? Mike and Alan are in the house. Good How you morning, doing, gentlemen? I, I noticed uh, when I came in, uh, Mike, your car wasn't here. And I was like, oh, I wonder, if, is maybe is Mike late? Or, you know, that's not typically your uh, your MO. You're usually <laughs> on time or early. First one here, usually. So I was like, well, where's Mike? I walk in and I see the bike. The bicycle, I should say, because you drive bicycle. a bike, too. Cause, the bike, the bicycle. But the bicycle. So yes. you rode your bicycle in? I rode the bike in. It's beautiful in the early morning. And so been getting out and getting on the bicycle. I Love saw it. him. I thought he was a Mormon elder at first. <laughs> <laughs> I figure that out. Yeah, you start, you start door knocking on the way in. You know, tell everybody about the live stream. Just start knocking doors. Oh, that's it. So, uh, yeah, you got to get the, well, you know, they, they shut down my racquetball plan. So I had to go, go to something different. So now I'm on the bike. So uh, if you see me out there, uh, you know, desperately pedaling and uh, give me a word of encouragement or stop and pick me up. I don't know. Whatever's needed. <laughs> well, Ryan, it's good. good to know that you're levitating now as well. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't know. realize that you sight. had that gift. That's uh, Harley. That was impressive. It was <laughs> so Harley, uh, you're back to work, I guess. Yes. If, if folks don't know, Harley is a, is a hair person. And hair so, it is my title. I don't know what you call it. I, I know my wife spends a lot of money at your place. That's all I know. But I'm hoping that you're fixing all the blondes that you know need fixing. Or are you guys trying back to? There? We're trying to. It's it's a lot. It's 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 kind of crazy. You you wouldn't you wouldn't think that so many people would be into getting their hair done and all that kind of stuff. Um, but well, people are this flooding into rain, which is the salon that I work at. And it is, it's been a fun ride. It's been interesting <laughs> seeing people, uh, clients, how they left and then seeing them come back at a different person. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> well, I've been on, I've been on record as holding you in high regard as an essential worker. So I'm glad you're back doing your job. Again. I, I'm just, I'm serving my country. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing Harley, work. look, I understand. Do you do like makeup and that kind of stuff too? I do. Because, uh, yeah, we need some help. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if you have a big enough case to, to fix. Josh Ackerford was talking uh, about how, how white my eyes were from wearing sunglasses on the golf course. And I was like, if Joe, is noticing it's got to be bad, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's Joe usually out. never says anything like that. So I was like, she said, who's your hair and makeup person? I said, we got a small staff. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're not helping us out on that end, Al. Yeah, so. some things can't be helped, Kelly. Sorry. Uh, so uh, so let's have our scripture reading today. Uh, from Remy Barkley uh, is going to read our scripture today. Good morning, church. Today's scripture reading is John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you so much, Remy. Appreciate Good that job. so very, very much. It is uh, uh, a passage that's so very, very important to our study in the book of John. You know, we've been going through, uh, we've gotten through five chapters now. I'm preaching through this. And the, the idea, of course, John writes out and lays out that he wrote this book for the purpose of of really proving who Jesus is. He's Messiah and that he is the way to have salvation. And so at the very beginning, he's going to establish, as we studied in John 1, not, not only is he the word, he's creator. Uh, he's unaccepted, even though he's really undeniable, the savior of the world, and that uh, he became flesh. Uh, he pitched his tent or tabernacled, as it was, or dwelt among us. And he's the only son. But the, the phrase that really, I think, kind of gets over look sometimes is this idea that he was full of grace 
and truth. And so that's something we want to kind of uh, flesh out a little bit more and, and see the need of, of us being full of grace and truth and the need for that in our world. Well, Mike, I think what we're seeing, um, unfortunately, uh, every night on television uh, in our culture is showing us how important it is for the idea of needing grace and truth. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously an injustice happened, and uh, which we all feel terrible about, and, and justice needs to take place. But now we're seeing that sort of expand into something about retribution and violence and all the, all the difficult things that are happening, and a, a peaceful protest is being hijacked. And so I think more than ever, uh, this is important, this idea that how we react and how we respond, and to me, it's just motivated me to think, we got a big job to do to try to convert people to kingdom thinking uh, instead of just responding like the world does. Yeah, because in, injustice from a worldly viewpoint just creates more injustice. Right. And uh, a response of ungodliness to ungodliness only uh, raises the level of ungodliness. I mean, uh, and so it's a very, very difficult thing. Look, uh, our hearts ought to go out and, and our hearts ought to be enraged at the injustice that takes place through a death like has happened uh, to George Floyd. This, uh, uh, this kind of thing sh- should not be. It should not be in our country. It should not be in any country, right. right? It should not be in, in, uh, among people. But definitely uh, folks that respond in terms of Christian response and look, I don't expect the world to respond like, like Christians respond. Right. But as Christians, our response has got to be the response that Christ would have, full of grace and truth. Racism is such a, such a, a horrible thing in our country. It is, it's terrible. It's terrible in any country. and doesn't just exist in ours, by the way. This is a problem worldwide, uh, always has been. And as a church, now in our history... Uh, and uh, uh, they they burned a cross right out here behind me in this parking lot right. uh, because this church here uh, was willing to accept people of all races. And so we've been, this is a battle, it's a long, ongoing battle for a long time. Look, we don't want to be, as a church, we don't want to be colorblind. We want to be colorful. Because the variety of everybody's talents and history and everything all pulled in who are converted to Christ all add something to the body that's very, very much needed. Right. And so the, the responding with grace and truth in our culture is a very, very difficult and hard thing to do. But we've got to help kind of clear the smoke a little bit or the air and get back to the simple things that really help people uh, respond like God expects us to. And it's an encounter with God and with Christ as what changes us. And I think back Mike, to that story in, in Exodus 2. You remember Moses, he's a young man. He's been trained in the military. We don't know what his relationship with God was at the time, but he sees an injustice happen. And so then he immediately acts on it from a human perspective. And so he kills someone. And then he sees two fellow Hebrews fighting later, and he comes to them. He says, you shouldn't be fighting. They're like, are you going to kill us like you kill the other guys? Because as you said, now, of course, we have this multiplication. Well, he immediately was fearful and ran for his life. Forty years later, he has an encounter with God. And then you get to Numbers 12, 3. Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. 
So here we got a guy that's willing to murder somebody because he thinks it's wrong and now becomes the most humble man on the earth. That's a big statement. What happened? An encounter with God is what happened. It changes you. It changes the way you view things. It changes the way you view other people. So that's going to be our answer to deal with anything, and we do it with grace and truth. Yeah. And you know, uh, the uh, the Bible in John 1, uh, these first five chapters, has really dealt with that when we see Jesus and how he dealt with people. Uh, you know, the, the very first uh, miracles turning the water into wine demonstrates Jesus dealing with people uh, with grace and truth. Uh, his concern about the embarrassment of people there at the wedding, uh, but also, even more importantly, the teaching of his disciples of who he really was and how he was going, as truth, how he was going to impact those around him. So you saw the Samaritan woman, which, of course, it was a grace act just to have a conversation with her, but you notice he brings truth into it. Uh, and he basically revealed to her about how we were going to worship from going forward. I mean, that was a big moment for her. And then, of course, she tried to get theological, and he went straight to her heart. And he says, well, what about your husband? Yeah, and by the way, there, on, on that Samaritan woman case, he he, he overcame uh, a person of a different race, mm-hmm. a person of a different religion, and person of a different gender. And yet, the truth of who he was challenged her life and she responded in such a great way and she became a great witness that impacted a whole town you know earlier in nicodemus's case here's a religious guy who still didn't understand and see who jesus was and had the need for grace and truth to be applied to his own life by the one called the christ so then he goes and he heals you know the the official son uh, which again was a grace act, you know, and it showed his power, by the way, that, you know, he's not limited by time and space. Then there was a crippled man that was at the pool. He heals him as well, and he does it in such a way that he's going to spark a conversation about the Sabbath. I mean, that's the way Jesus always is. He does everything, you know, with motives to be able to teach beyond that point. But what I love about that story is even that man who had now been healed and seemed like this was it for him, Jesus comes back and reminds him, look, There's something more important than you being able to run around, and that is that you turn to me. He says, stop sinning or something worse is going to happen to you. And I love that he cares enough about us. When he extends grace, he always wants us to do the right thing and to trust him and to live in him. You know what's interesting about that particular time when Jesus Jesus healed this guy who couldn't get into the water? And this was a place people came for healing. The blind, the lame were there. and I've often wondered, I mean, it only tells of Jesus healing one person there. But there were multiple people that needed healing. Yeah. And yet, uh, uh, and I don't know, it doesn't tell us everything he did. Maybe he healed them all. Uh, but Jesus did not, on, on earth, heal everybody that needed healing physically. That's right. Because that wasn't his goal. Even though his compassion heart always went out to people in, in tough situations. But at the same time, his goal was something greater than that. Right. And that was to get them to heaven. And we've got to always keep in mind the greater goal, even as we have compassion and, and act on it toward people, we always do it in the name of Jesus and point them to a greater thing. I love the concept. To me, it's, it's like if you imagine a coin. And on one side is grace and the other side is truth. It's the same coin. It's just you flip it over and you get one and you get the other. And the great 
description of that is Romans 5 and Romans 6. There's a beautiful description that Paul lays out in Romans 5 about what grace is. And then he comes back in Romans 6 and says, well, that sounds so great. We should just be sinning like crazy. Let's just go sin crazy. (laughs) But that's not at all. He said, by no means do you do that. We, we, We died to that. So you flip that coin over. And now you've got this concept of truth. Grace is a gift. It's an unearnable favor from God. We cannot earn our salvation. And people have tried. It will not work. It has to be the gift from God. Truth is a foundation. It's a destination. So one is a gift. The other is something that we discover. And when we discover the truth, we know it. In, in John fourteen six, one of the greatest statements in the Bible, Jesus said, I am the way. There's your direction. I am the truth. That's your destination. Because once you know, then you know. And I am the life. Therefore, I am the action. If we are Christians, we live as our Savior wants us to live. That's the life we live in Him. It motivates us. It changes us. And the Holy Spirit, of course, is our guide to get us there. I've always said that kind of growing up, my particular religious background, that we hollered truth and whispered grace. Uh, I think now that's kind of flip-flopped in the the evangelical world where there's a, a whole lot of hollering grace and whispering truth. It doesn't get a lot of weight and doesn't get a lot of attention anymore, unfortunately. Uh, And yet Jesus was full of grace and truth, which is what we have to be. And grace and truth tells me where I'm going. It tells me who I am. And it tells me what I do. And, And so I have to always be sure that I'm responding to any life I, a situation I run into with grace and truth always on my mind. You notice how Jesus impacts people in different ways. I mean, sometimes it's the truth that speaks to us and shows it to us clearly. I get emails all the time like, from our podcast audience, and they're like, man, something we discussed or talked about from the Bible, it just hit them. And they were like, I know I need to change. I need to do so. That was truth. Then they realize, once they saw the truth of it, that, man, grace is wonderful. Other people sense and feel the grace of God, some, some blessing that they got, and they think, you know what? I need to dig more into that. So grace leads to truth. And you look at some of the conversions in the Bible. I mean, you look at Paul. Paul was converted first by truth, right? I mean, he's going to round up some more Christians, and all of a sudden, you know, he's blinded on the road. And he's like, who who are you? Who's this voice? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. That's truth. That's a big old bucket of truth when you're just looking up and all of a sudden you're blinded, right? That led him then to grace. And Paul wrote some of the most eloquent, beautiful passages on grace. But you look at Peter, it was the other way. Peter was right there. He was the right-hand man of Jesus. He said, you're the son of God. He had these wonderful moments where he understood the truth. And then what happened? Man, when it all hit the fan, where is he? He's denying. And so you see that beautiful picture in John 21 when Jesus extended that grace to him. And he did a conversation that was going to explain to him what his truth was going to be. And that was, it wasn't going to end well for Peter. And yet, what did he do out of that? Once he realized that truth and that grace, he wound up being the guy that preached the first gospel sermon and really began the church. So you see, there's different ways to find it. The key is to look, to be a seeker, to be a searcher. You know, in First uh, uh, John, uh, he, he writes about this assurance that we can know that we are saved. And I remember the first time I ever read that verse, I thought, how can a person know they're saved, you know? Uh, but you know it only because of grace and truth. Right. Uh, 
when I first learned about the grace of, of God covering my bad behavior, oh, wow, what a relief it was. And then later on, I also learned that grace not only covered my bad behavior, but it covers my bad theology. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know the Bible perfectly. And while I know the, I'm solid on the gospel, I'm still learning a lot. And so I'm still discovering, not the truth of who Jesus is, I've got that, but I'm still discovering a lot of truth in, in the Bible and, and figuring out uh, how it applies to my life. And so understanding grace and truth will always uh, tend to keep you pretty humble yeah. uh, because Satan is always there to remind you of your guilt. He's always there to remind you of, uh, of past sins in your mind and, and would love to bring those up and let those be a burden to your life and keep you uh, from focusing in on what God has done for us. But the gospel frees us because Jesus was full of grace and truth. It frees us to share the greatest news in the spirit of the greatest command of loving God and loving uh, everybody else. So as you're going through your walk, um, you know, things happen. And uh, as most of you know, in our church family here, uh, we had some, some big news. That yeah, hit. Hey, you made the newspaper. Uh, <laughs> uh, not out, the first time. Not unusual, but, uh, uh, and I can always count on it uh, when the Robertson family makes a newspaper. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's going to call my you. Email, <laughs> I get emails and messages, and uh, uh, which is real simple. I just point them back to your email. Right. I, no, I really don't give it out. But, uh, uh, but, you, uh, but, but tell us about the news because to me, this was a great example of, of actually responding with grace and truth to a surprise that came up in your guys family. so so obviously god built us a platform and you guys our church have been a part of that to be able to share the transparency of who we are what the gospel has done to change first mom and dad and then later our entire family i mean you guys were there with us every step of the way so it's not ironic to me that i got a letter delivered here to the church that was addressed to dad which happens quite a bit and i got the letter and opened it up and i get a lot of letters from a lot of folks that have done studies about their family history and maybe they'll find a thread that crosses our family so i get that a lot so when i first read it to be honest with you i just thought oh here's another person kenneth robertson said oh, that's great and i just kind of set it aside once i looked at it a little more carefully uh with jace we realized that there was a woman uh, that was claiming she was our sister and dad's daughter. And so I looked at the date, you know, I looked at the, when she was born, the year, and I thought, well, that can't be right because that's the year dad was converted. But once I did some math and backed up nine months, I realized, uh-oh, th- this may have happened because it was when mom and dad were at their lowest point uh, in their marriage and in our families, right before we came here to Wise Ferry Road. And so we began to look into it. Um, and I wasn't sure at first what to do, Mike, because, you know, this is the sort of news that's obviously life-changing. And so me not knowing whether it was truth or not made me cautious and apprehensive. And yet at the same time, you talk about truth and grace, at the same time I knew there's a 45-year-old woman that is looking for her father. And so I immediately felt empathy before I even met this person, whether it was true or not true. And I thought we need to, she needs to know whether Phil Robertson is her dad or not. And so it finally led me to have a conversation with mom and dad about it, and which was really interesting conversation that you have with your parents about their lives before they were Christians. And I heard things, of course, I'd never heard in my life mm. that night. 
uh, and, and none of it was pretty. Uh, Dad has been very, you know, transparent about his life, and it was terrible during this period of time. Um, Mom, who wasn't drunk and high through that uh, time of his life, remembered a lot of details. And so that led us even more to think we've got to find out about this. So we did a paternity test, uh, and it turns out 99.99% true that I have a sister uh, named Phyllis. Uh, we've, been, we've known for a couple of months, and so we've been trying to figure out how to best tell the story to America because it is a story of grace and truth. And the first time they came down, Phyllis came down with her husband. She has two sons and, and two fiancés. They're both getting married this year. And they all came. And so we're meeting them for the first time. Uh, I, I pick them up at the airport, and there's, there's hugs and there's tears. And it, it's amazing, Mike, because I loved her deeply, and I had never met her, which has never happened in my life before. And it was such a strange feeling. So we shared a lot of tears. And so before we had the kind of the bigger family gathering, um, Dad wanted to talk to her alone, and uh, and she wanted to talk to him as well. And so we had all said, "Look, now, Phyllis, you got to understand, Dad's not a touchy feely person. We're trying, we're all, we're setting her up to know he's used to dealing with you know hairy legged boys, and so just expect him not to be very tender or whatever." And of course, we were couldn't be more wrong. Uh, when that first moment happened, of course, you can imagine a lot of tears, and. Dad held her hand uh, and hugged her, and he told her, he said, you are the only good thing that came out of the worst part of my life. And it was, such a, it was so soothing for her to, to hear the, these words, because she's, you know, she's looking for her dad, and now she's found him. And, she's not, and we're famous on top of that, so that scared her even more. And Mom, through the whole process, Mike, is even from the night we first talked about it, was so full of grace. She said, oh, I've always wanted a daughter. You know, all I had was Jeff before, you know, <laughs> which was as close as she could get, right? And now it's like, I've got this daughter. And I said, well, and she said, so am I her, like her stepmom? I said, no, mom, you're not her stepmom. She said, am I her half mom? I said, no, you're not, a, you can't be a half mom. Uh, and she said, well, I want to be something. So the first time we talked to Phyllis on the phone, I said, well, let's let her determine what you're going to be. And Phyllis determined that mom would be her special mom. Uh, and so that's what she calls her Mama Kay. And the grace, you think about this. I mean, anybody that has news that 45 years later your husband has fathered a child, uh, from a human perspective, that's very difficult. Oh, and, it's, and it's very hard. But you know what happened with mom? 45 years ago, she forgave dad when he became a Christian. And so that meant that she's lived a life of forgiveness for 45 years. And so when the moment comes like this, you step into truth and you accept it and you embrace it. You know, you think about that, the, uh, the gospel changing someone's heart and life, Al, your, your mom and your dad's early on. If they had not been practicing and growing in their own character of grace and truth all these years then they wouldn't have been able to respond the way they had right. responded. Right. And so, uh, and, and look, something I, this could be, this thing could be true for a number of us who are in the world. You know, those kinds of things could happen. But, but uh, to have that development of, and growth, and even within our church, I think about the transparency of Watchway Road 
and that where we can go down front for our forever family. We can be together and we can share our, our mess ups. And we know God can turn our messes into a message. That's right. And even in the most uh, surprising times of our life, it didn't surprise God. Right. And so, uh, and I don't think God was surprised at the reaction your mom and dad had. I remember when your dad came into the elders mm. meeting and you guys shared with our elders. I, I love our elders so much uh, because they are men who are full of grace and truth. But one, I love to feel humble response and sharing the story, but uh, but also just the uh, support and encouragement from other godly men yeah. uh, that, that know how to respond uh, with grace and truth uh, toward people who keep discovering things about their life. Well, and dad, what a journey. And dad needed that as well because, you know, he said it on our podcast, which by the way, so on the Unashamed podcast, which is our podcast, I know a lot of you watch it already. Uh, we broke the story, uh, and it started out with the four brothers and dad uh, basically telling what had happened. Today, I think at 4 o'clock, uh, the podcast will have Mom and Phyllis on there kind of getting their perspective. And we decided we wanted to frame the narrative and tell the story as it really is happening. Uh, unfortunately, as we know, you can't always trust media uh, to tell a story the, the right way, the truthful way. Uh, so they tend to sensationalize. So it's been out there. A lot of you have probably seen it. But we wanted there to be a context for everything that's happened. Uh, and that's been a great blessing. And on the podcast, Dad said, he said, I, I'm embarrassed. It was, and it was very humble. And, you know, he was tearful when he said it. And all, any of us would be embarrassed to have to talk about what we had done in our past life. And so for Dad, you know, I, I, it's, it's sad for me that he has to go through it. But at the same time, you have to respond the right way. And so I look at that and I say, here was a man who was young Moses. And now I'm seeing a man who is humble Moses at the end, you know, toward the end of his life. And that's a man that has walked with God. Well, and the great thing about, uh, about Phil... Uh, and I can say this about a number of our uh, older members in this church, is that they've always been transparent about their life. Correct. And so, you know, secrets have power. And so uh, when we're open uh, with our lives about uh, our past or our future, yeah, God forgives us our sins. They're never brought up again. God doesn't hold us accountable for those. Right. Yet there are sometimes consequences that come along. But what's great is that God doesn't, create evil he doesn't make people do evil things but god can sure manipulate it when it happens in people's lives and i love of course i love the verse in romans 8 yep. and we use it so many times to so many people's favorite verse that we know in all things god works for the good those who love him who have been called according to his purpose and so uh this is one of those things that god has just kind of worked for the good uh, and I, I will say, you know, I've seen the picture of all all you guys there, and I've seen Phyllis. She definitely improved the look of the group. It's, I, I just want to say. It's uh, very easy to do. That's a low <laughs> bar, Mike. Yeah, for, for years, they said I was the best looking Roberts. And I said, well, that's a low bar, right? I mean, <laughs> if you can't shine in that, you know, you got problems. Uh, Phyllis is a tremendous woman. She and her husband celebrated 26 years together yesterday. Uh, so obviously she, she loves the Lord. She loves her family. And she never quite fit in, and she couldn't figure out why, and now she knows why. Uh, good news is, uh, church family, you'll get to uh, to see.
see them a lot more because they're moving here uh, to, to West Monroe. We're very excited about that because they want to spend as much time as possible uh, with their newfound family. And so uh, I, know, I know you're watching, Phyllis. I just want you uh, guys to know how much I love you today. You know, uh, again, to take us back to the verse we started with, that Jesus Christ, the Word, became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. He became one of us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I think about how much I, I need grace every day. I, I love the verse, his mercies are new every morning, because that's how often I need them, you know? Uh, all of us, none of us deserve to be right with God. But because of God's grace and the truth of who Jesus is, we have that opportunity. Uh, you have that opportunity today wherever you're sitting to, to make your own response to the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. If you need to be baptized into Christ, we, we can make that happen. Uh, uh, Send Ryan a message. Uh, give us a call. We'll take care of that. If there's a need in your life that, that uh, you need the prayers of, uh, of this church and the brothers and sisters, send that in. Uh, we want to walk this journey together, and, and we want to respond in every situation with grace and truth. And look, our country needs God's people to be full of grace and truth. Uh, I've got the way I don't even want, I don't even want to turn on the news sometimes. It can get very discouraging. But you know what? Uh, looking at the world is a discouraging thing. The broad way is discouraging. The narrow way, it's more difficult, Jesus said. That's right. And you're never going to make the narrow way the broad way. You're never going to include everybody and in how the world acts as somehow or another being okay and right. So, yeah, we've got a job to do to preach the good news of Jesus because change lives who become men and women who are full of grace and truth know how to respond later on in life when things come their way. That's what we've seen in your mom and dad. That's what we saw uh, in this book of John to these people that Jesus encountered. And it's what we continue to see as we teach people who Jesus is. So, I'm excited about opportunities to share the story of Jesus with people and to watch people's lives change. Nothing excites me more than the simplicity of someone accepting uh, Jesus for who he is, making that move to obey him, being baptized into Christ, watching someone be born again. I said, that, that lights my fire, and I'm excited about that. And I want to see that happen all over the world. And so uh, that's the kind of thing that we get to be involved in at White's Fair Road because of the emphasis of the gospel in this church, as well as all the mission efforts that happen through One Kingdom and all those other things. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Ryan, uh, I know that uh, working in One Kingdom, we've seen some exciting things take place overseas, even during the pandemic, right? Absolutely. You know, it's amazing to see um, uh, our representatives around the world are on the front lines. They have responded uh, and responded as we would expect them to as, as Christians, uh, meeting the needs of their communities, uh, being out, out front and, and, and providing food, providing uh, shelter, providing education even for, for the virus uh, in that situation. So it's, it's been amazing to see the response 
uh, come from our representatives, and we're still supporting them. And, and if you want to find out more about that, you can go to onekingdom.org or talk to any of us. Come up here and visit with me or Mike. Uh, but Harley, we got a lot going on this week, right? Yes. We got a lot going on as well. Uh, again, first of all, right after our live stream, uh, there will be Bible class. Uh, so for the third week, we're going to have a Bible class led by Scott Caldwell. It is on Zoom. So again, you, you're going to want to go to our app or our website. You can find out more information about that at the meeting ID and the password so that you can join in for a Bible class led by Scott Caldwell. Uh, of course, Mondays we continue our Bible class with David Bromley at noon. Uh, these are all central times, by the way, uh, and that's uh, also on Zoom. Wednesday night, peak of the week, led by Mike and that crew out there on Wednesday nights at 6.30. Of course, we got reengaged. CR will be back here live uh, in our main auditorium uh, Friday night at 7, and uh, University is also meeting uh, live Saturday nights uh, at, uh, I believe, 6 o'clock uh, is when they, they meet on Saturday nights. Uh, so, again, a lot going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we are slowly progressing towards getting back together. In Genarway. Harley, you saw the studio, right, this morning? That I we're did. building in there? I did. Isn't that cool? It was, it's, it's cool how quickly everything just, like, know, popped it's, up. It's, it's happening. It's getting exciting. So, we, so for, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we are building a small studio in our main auditorium so that we can continue live streaming once we all get back together. So if you're out of state, uh, if you're not able to be here in Monroe, West Monroe, in, in, that, in our area here, but you still want to continue fellowshipping and worshiping with us Sunday mornings, you will be able to. Uh, we're, we're investing into that technology and, and, and the ability to do that. Speaking of the technology, uh, it, it does take a lot to put this on week in and week out. Uh, you guys saw Jeremy Shackelford uh, lead us in communion. He has been a big part of what we're doing. Shack, we thank you. We love you. But there have been two unsung heroes as a part of doing uh, this every week that you probably don't even know what's happening. So, Kyle, Brandy, will you come up here, please? Will you come up here and, and, and oh, I'll get step on it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, step off the. Uh, step you know, uh, yes. Amen. Come here. Okay. So I know, so this is Kyle, this is his beautiful wife, Brandy, Kyle and Brandy Gilmore. He, Kyle's probably freaking out right now because he's like, I don't know if we're framed up right or if this is working on the camera, but uh, Kyle uh, works with, uh, he works for One Kingdom, and he's our videographer, so if you've seen any of our videos, any of our content that we put out One Kingdom, this is the man behind that. Also, a lot of our worship videos that you're seeing, he, he puts that on. Um, and Kyle and Brandy together, they run our live stream week in and week out. Uh, they make sure that everything is, is running smoothly, all the transitions, everything that we do. This beautiful family is running the show behind the scenes. They've never asked for any kind of credit or anything like that. In fact, they don't want to be up here. When I told Kyle I was going to do this, he kind of rolled his eyes at me like, please don't do that. And I said, no, you're coming up here. So we want our church family to know. So y'all, get in the comments, fire back at them, let them know how much you appreciate them and their hard work. Uh, Kyle, Brandy, we love you guys very much. Thank you guys for doing this. We love y'all. Uh, let's get, Harley, you got any prayer requests? Get back up on that. There you go. I love this part here. Will you step down? Step down? Come on. Now step back up. Now step back. I'm just kidding. By the way, that was, that was, that was, that was Kyle's work because, you know, this just looks better if, um, anyways. If so. I'm not. Uh, we're breaking. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're breaking the fourth wall. But on a serious note, that um, you guys have uh, uh, put in some prayer requests. We want to pray for you. If we don't mention your prayer request, please email us. You can email us at info at wfrchurch.org. Let us know uh, what you want us to pray for, and we'll send it out to our prayer warriors uh, through through an email chain. But Harley, what do we have this week? Yes, and church family, in the comments, let people know that you're praying for them because mm. that is one of the other amazing things when you actually open up and say you need prayers is that people actually respond and tell you, yeah. hey, I'm praying for you, so you, so that they know that they have a family that's there for them. Um, to start off, uh, we want to send our condolences, and we want to be for be there for the Flowers family. Mm-hmm. Um, Josie, um, she's a, a friend of mine, and she is in the college group, and her, um, her parents, Mitch and Lynn Flowers, uh, Mitch... His brother, Mark, actually passed away this weekend. Um, So be thinking of them. Um, Jackie Minitti, his mom, Anna, is 98, and she's struggling with um, dementia. Um, We've got Lisa Turnbaugh is going into surgery um, within the next uh, week to to remove a brain mass. Um, And then Midland County had two dams break, um, and it flooded most of the county, and they've lost a lot of homes. Michigan, right. That's in Michigan, so there's been a lot of flooding there, so we want to pray over them. Yes. Um, And then we also just want to have an overall prayer over our nation right now, not only with everything going on with Minneapolis and now leading into other cities going on, um, riots and turmoil and stuff, but just a prayer, just like Ryan and Mike said, um, to bring it back to God, to know what the truth is and to know exactly what we're here for and to know where we, um, where we stand and where we are in the kingdom, um, praying for grace, praying for mercy and praying for love on both sides, on every, within every citizen in our nation right now, um, continuing praise for that. And so Mike, you want to... Oh, Mike's coming up. I am. I'm coming up. Right. You want a stool? I wanted to join. <laughs> yeah, I, I need one. Uh, by the way, thank you to guys for being our host and for welcoming everybody and making everybody feel so so at home here. Okay, and uh, you do such a great job, uh, Ryan, and you do better that when when she's here with it you. Definitely you know? improves the, uh, the I just situation. want you to know that. Sure. So uh, thank you guys for what you do. Uh, let, let's pray. Father, we love you. We're grateful. Father, for the grace and truth that come through Jesus Christ. And Father, right now, I just want to pause a moment for a moment of silence for our country and the turmoil that it's in and and pray for peace. Father, we need your people to be salt and light in this dark world. Give us wisdom and discernment on how to impact the world around us. Thank you, Father, for the victories that we have because of Jesus. I I pray, Father, for our particular church family. I pray, Father, for the ones that are going into surgery that was mentioned. I pray, Father, for those flooded in Michigan. Uh, Father, for uh, those home recovering Uh, from procedures uh, this last week. We're thankful, Father, uh, that your healing hand has been upon so many. I pray, Father, for the Flowers family, uh, uh, for the passing of Mark, and uh, I ask that you be with him in a very special way. Thank you, Father, for being the God of comfort and the God of hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray with the help of the Spirit. The church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.